0: You're listening to The Big Show. They score! With Russick and Rose. He rips the puck off the bar and in. His second goal of the game
1: makes it 5-0 Flames. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. Robbed by Markstrom. What a
2: save. It's loose. And Markstrom makes another miraculous stop.
0: This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan let's do this it's the big show at the heritage classic brought to you by tuxedo source for sports come see why calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey 2520 center street north uh it's myself it's maddie rose we're at commonwealth stadium in beautiful edmonton alberta canada world and uh maddie and i are literally leaning on the boards I <laughs> could be a
3: glass banger if I want. You,
0: you can be a glass banger. I
3: wouldn't because I hate glass bangers. But if I wanted to, available. You
0: know, what you could also do turn around and face the camera. Yep. While they're doing, so then everybody can see you watching at home. So I
3: can wave. Hi, yeah. mom. I'm here.
0: You can absolutely do that. Mama, if you'd we like.
3: made it. do this is crazy. There's not a cloud in the sky.
0: Beautiful weather.
3: I believe it's about zero degrees, but in the sun, it feels like a balmy three or four at least. Yep. This is amazing. This perfect winter ODR weather. Yep. Uh, they've got the some sort of a foil tarp. Yeah, it's you know the, the kind that you would
0: put on your windshield to y- keep it, you know, cool in the summer. Yep, yeah,
3: or an emergency blanket. Yes. In like one of those uh emergency kits for your car. Yes. Yeah, it
0: would look like one of those. That's on the ice right now because a lot it's sunny. Of it. And uh, I would assume they don't want the ice to melt.
3: They got some uh, some nice tape keeping it all down, a whole bunch of 2x4s. This is a pretty yeah. intricate process they got yeah. here. Yeah, Literally,
0: Maddie and I have our hands on the glass, like on these I boards, don't want to touch it too dasher. much because I'm
3: afraid it's going to get all, like, smudged, and then I'm going to get reprimanded. Yeah. Um, it's we, pretty cool to be here.
0: Yeah, we are sitting at one of the elusive uh, stools here.
3: Over our left shoulder, Yeah, you get the stage where... Chad Kroger is going to be playing. Yeah, Nickelback. In a matter
0: of hours, George. Are they doing the first intermission or the second intermission? That's a
3: great question.
0: Uh, there was an email on the timing of everything.
3: Yeah. Oh, I got that one in here. Somewhere. It doesn't
0: matter. Well, I'm sure they'll be on I sometime. Have so
3: many things here. Are George. they doing
0: both intermissions? Is that even possible? Press
3: passes. I don't think they're doing no, both. No, I don't I think, think, I think do they're just doing one. Something else. Was there an alumni game? Maybe they do that at the half. I have no I idea what's going on.
0: But you can definitely hear them testing uh, the instruments and doing stuff yeah. in the background. It's pretty
3: sweet Like how quickly we were able to kind of mosey on in here, too. A pretty good process. Shout yeah. out to everyone who's putting this thing on. Um,
0: just, just for our listeners are aware uh, my co-host was uh, a little cynical
3: oh here me no you were a little bit was I
0: yeah yeah and now you're all super excited and pumped up for this because we're here
3: yeah it's kind of crazy to be down here and you start feeling it there was like a moment about halfway on the trip up here this morning that I was like I think I'm actually pretty excited for this trip up to Edmonton and of course we got here everything has gone off without a hitch And just kind of being here and seeing the empty stadium and almost the calm before the storm is really cool. Um, Last time I was in this building was the Grey Cup for the Stampeders that they won back in 2018. So I have quite fond memories Mm. of games being played here. Um, The ice is probably about as slippery as the turf was for that game.
0: Probably. Which is
3: always a good sign. But... Yeah, man, this is pretty cool. I'm I'm definitely not as cynical as I once was. This stadium, and like you talked about on our way in, it's humongous.
0: Yeah, it's the biggest one in the country, and it's absolutely massive, and uh, it this And it feels like
3: it. Like, I I don't even know how we're going to get this thing full.
0: Yeah, Um. It's apparently it is going to be, it gonna be full. It's going to be loud. It's going to be full in here at Commonwealth Stadium. And the one thing I keep uh, thinking of yep. is when Canada qualified for the World Cup yes. and how they got... Uh, Teams from warm climates to come play here and freeze their ass off, and that's why Canada had that distinct home field advantage. No wonder. Let's fly the Mexican team as far north as possible uh, to play a soccer match in a freezing open-air stadium, and here you are in Edmonton. Uh, It's my first foray into Edmonton too. Original thoughts on the drive in, George?
3: Um, Everything that I told you it was and more? Uh what I told you is I got uh I got a little homesick driving in. Oh, like Niagara. Nice well, trees, not, rivers, not Niagara beautiful. oh more like
0: Hamilton. Oh. Got a lot of Hamilton vibes. Steeltown. Yeah, a lot of industrial Hamilton downtown mm-hmm. vibes driving into Edmonton. But we're not here to disparage the beautiful city of Edmonton, Alberta. No. We're here to break down a game which is... We might
3: on our way around it, but we're not here to do
0: that. Well, we're not breaking down a game. We're just here to preview a game where it feels like kind of a... I don't know, it's October, and you say must win in October. Uh. But it's two teams that have lost four in a row. Both are struggling big time.
3: We believe McDavid's going to return for this game. John Shannon tweeting out that he will about 15 minutes before we got underway. And why wouldn't he on this ice? (laughs) Yeah, I, I, he must right? be feeling pretty good. That, yeah, that's the only thing that I can say because, you know, like, like we've talked about, it's not really a controlled situation. I don't know what the ice is going to be like. We've talked about how well that they're kind of going about preparing the surface for all of this, but at the same time, you can only do so much against the elements. Yeah. So um, It'll be something to keep an eye on. I wonder how much he plays. You know, he usually gets up 22 23 minutes especially against the flames he seems to really get up for those contests so um that'll be something that I kind of keep an eye on too monitoring the ice time for a guy like him and and how much attention the flames are paying him we all remember the battle of Alberta in the postseason the extra attention they gave to Leon Dreisidel when he was dealing with that ankle sprain and uh, I would expect uh, something similar here if McDavid doesn't it does in fact suit up um, is,
0: there, uh, is there a team that potentially uh, the Flames could play in a better spot? And I know it's out here, it's outside, it's an outdoor game. You, don't, you just don't know what the conditions are going to be like, if the puck's going to be bouncing around a little too much. But if is there a better team for them to play right now to maybe solve their offensive woes by playing an Oilers team that is just bleeding goals all over the place right now?
3: They have been bleeding goals. The Oilers, like the Flames, have tried to incorporate a new defensive system into their defense this year and uh for both teams it's been a little bit of a slow burn trying to get where they both want to be um that same tweet from john shannon where he talks about mcdavid returning he also mentioned that we're going to see a little bit of a different look from the oilers in their own defensive zone here today i wonder what that means i wonder what that looks like but i agree as far as opposition that you could have here like It kind of feels like this could be the type of game, given the setting, given the rivalry, that one of the teams could turn this into a turning point for their season. Um, Obviously, it all depends on, on how you play for the entire game, but it really does feel like either one of these teams, if you get the win, especially if you can get it pretty handily here... Um, That's going to be really positive for the group as far as moving forward, trying to build on that, um, because this is going to be a spectacle. It's an early game. Neither club has even played 10 yet, but at the same time, it's a big tilt.
0: Uh, We have a busy show for you planned. Um, Are are you able to smuggle in Julian McKenzie? I
3: wasn't able to wrangle in J-Mac, unfortunately. Oh, no. A a tight ship they're running around here. He's only got one letter on his media pass. We have four. so. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we got more. Can I jump on, on the ice? Path. I wouldn't recommend it right now. Like right. I said, I'm w- already. Would my little... pass get revoked I w- if I jumped I w- on the I w- ice? I would guess that your rights holder pass would, in fact, get revoked, revoked if you jumped on the ice. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm already worried about just smudging <laughs> the glass. So.
0: Like you want to talk about a lot of star power? Yeah, in All Edmonton I know, right big now. Big wheel showed up. Like. The man himself, I just saw him. He's on the phone. I don't know who he's talking with.
3: Movers Pro- and shakers. Probably,
0: probably somebody very important about oh, you. I bet it's Craig Conroy. I Maybe bet he Maybe he's is. a commissioner. Um, Mr. Pat Steinberg is right there. Oh, my goodness. That's Pat Steinberg he right there. He looks good today. He does. He looks sharp. His hair looks like it's been cut recently. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. Well manicured. He looks good. Yep. He looks sexy. He
3: looks good. We got a good team here. I think yeah. we're ready to dominate. This yeah. It's going to be a fun game. Like, I, like we were talking about earlier. You, you kind of don't really understand the spectacle until you get down here and yeah. you see it, but it's uh, I something to behold. Like looking from
0: ice level, because we're at ice level right now, right by the boards, looking up at the stadium, it's it's quite impressive to see that that's what the players are going to do here. Like looking up at this ginormous full stadium, that's what's going to happen. Um, Julian McKenzie from The Athletic is somewhere in the building. <laughs> Julian, where are you right now? <laughs>
1: So right now I'm up on this, uh, I guess, not too far from the concourse. So I have this like, kind of bird's eye view of the, of the rink. I have one. I'm trying to think. like uh, So the end, I guess, to your – we're on radio, so no one's going to be able to picture this, but the end to your right is closest to me, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sky high right now, but I, I do yeah. appreciate this view. This is really nice.
3: Can you see us?
1: Well, if we wave, if uh, we wave? We're right down yeah. by the ice? I see, I, I see, I see waving. So I don't Do know you if you see Pat Steinberg. He's right here. you the... Steinberg? Steinberg's head with the shine, like it's unmistakable <laughs> to miss. Uh, but I definitely see the waving. You guys might be waving towards the press box, uh, which is is behind you from where you're at. You should be waving to your like literally if you look to your right and you see like the sort of oh, VIP yeah, there, section yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's okay yeah that's that's kind of where i'm standing at right now literally like directly to your right again we're on radio so people won't necessarily yeah. get the directional sense of this but yeah i i found the location sky up
0: um big game like uh obviously uh we saw the john shannon tweet that uh indications are that connor mcdavid are playing is that what you're hearing is that what the whisper is around this uh ginormous stadium
1: today yeah, that's that was my sense uh, throughout the weekend, really, just in talking to people close with the team. Like it, it just feels like for a game of this magnitude and considering what the Oilers are playing for, I mean, the Flames are obviously the of situation. Yeah, my, I was going into the sense that Connor McDavid was going to play this game, and the Flames were as well with the way that they were game-playing. Even when we were talking to Ryan Huska and, and Mackenzie Meager yesterday, they're going in with the, with the assumption that Conor McDavid's going to play this game. I'm sure people from the NHL would be very happy to see Connor McDavid play in this oh, yeah. game considering the history attached to it and considering the magnitude of it
0: um matty and i were talking about it before you jumped on uh we know that uh, offensively it's been an issue uh scoring goals for the calgary flames so far this season Mm -hmm. is there a better matchup for them and i know it's outside here at commonwealth i know we don't know what the elements are going to look like how much is the puck going to be bouncing all around the ice but is there a better matchup right now for the flames to play to maybe get out of their funk than the defensively
1: struggling oilers right now it's really fascinating you say that because both these two teams, the Flames and the Oilers, before this year started said, you know what, we're going to switch from a man-to-man defensive coverage to zone, and both of these teams have allowed way more goals than we've expected. I think the Oilers have allowed the most uh, to this point, point. And, and and you're right. I think for the Flames, a team that really needs to get goals, whether it's more from Andrew Mangiapane. He's actually had a pretty decent start to his year. Or people looking at a, a Jonathan Huberto or Nelson Codri, who scored against the Edmonton Oilers in Battle of Alberta games. Yeah, this could be the perfect recipe as well. But you, but they also need to ensure that their own defensive integrity is maintained as well. Remember, the Flames have had some adjusting to do on their own defensive side. And they need to ensure that on their PK, that they're able to stand up against their power play, which still has those dynamic weapons that they have, especially if Connor plays. So, definitely the 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 idea that the flames offense could wake up against this team could make sense but i'm also intrigued at how uh how much they'll commit defensively against the team even though they've had the rough start that they have they have the weapons up front that can score at will
3: we've seen the lines shuffled a little bit over the last few games is there anything that you've mm-hmm. liked that you're excited to see for this contest here today
1: i mean the Mandrapane Backlin coleman line you guys have seen it it's the most stable line that they have, it looks like it's going to remain the same. Uh, the fourth line where we've seen some skating from guys like A.J. Greer, Jager, Sharon Gofitch it looks like that's going to be the case as well. I'm still really intrigued about that top line, which at least off of rushes that we saw yesterday with, with Dryden Hunt playing alongside Elias Lindholm and, and Dylan Dubé. I asked Coach straight up yesterday, like, well, what do you like from, from seeing Dryden Hunt on that top line? And and he kind of mentioned that it's less about him working with Elias Lindholm, it's just more about how hard he's been working to this point to put himself in that position, which on the surface you're like, huh, that's a bit weird. But then when you account for the fact that Adam Ruzicka is still fighting to get into the lineup, Dryden, Dryden Hunt could easily just be a placeholder for Adam Rzichka if he's ready to go. Rzyska has that experience playing with Elias Lindholm. There was some success between those two last year. And if he is ready to go, it's a very easy switch to have Rzyska on that top line. If they find themselves in a position where Dryden Hunt has to play top line with Elias Lindholm, look, Hunt can work as hard as he can and and maybe do some dirty work in order to make it easier for Lindholm. But not the most ideal combination with, with him and, and Dylan Dubé in terms of getting offense going. You're probably looking at that Huberto, Cadre Coronado line, and there's some issues with Huberto and Cadre as well in terms of how they really just haven't been able to be in sync, but at least they have a guy like Matthew Coronado whose shot is going to be leaned upon for that to work.
0: Julie McKenzie joining us here. It's the big show live at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Sorcerer Sports on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. What well, kind of leads me to my next question here? Um, Cadre and Huberto uh, through... Um, so far, this very young season, as Maddie said, and we haven't even hit the ten game mark. Who's been more disappointing, Julian?
1: I think Condry has. I, I know Huberto because they he only has one assist. Player. Is that why? Yes, and and I get it. Like there's, <laughs> but, but like it's very literal. But like, yes, I'm just really stunned with 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 Nas and, and how he started off last year really well, and he was. I think he was deserving of being an All Star for this team. And ever since the All-Star break, he's just looked like a completely different player. Like, he's so much more, like, the mistakes are so much more just in focus with his play. And if he's not producing, that's all we're really going to talk about with, with, with him in his play. Huberto, I get it. Like, there are times where he does look a little bit lost. He at least had the points to start off the year to, to show for it, at least. But for Nassim Kadri, like, I mean, to just have the one assist, that's a guy who I think really needs to be contributing more on the score sheet. And I guess he's getting his chances in. He's trying to make plays happen. But I, I think just for him, like, I, I really think he needs the, the statistics to also go his way. It can't just be a situation where you know, he has the one assist, but he's doing some of the other small things right. For a guy of his, of his nature who likes to be in moments like this where it could be a big game, I'm, I'm looking at him to, to get on the score sheet in some way. I don't think it's sufficient for him to just have that one assist. And if you talk to Nazem about it, he knows that as well.
3: Do you think we'll see some scrappiness between these two clubs today?
1: Might, I mean, it's, it's a little cold. For I mean, you know what? The time of Alberta, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure, considering how desperate these two teams are to change their seasons around. I get we're not even at the 10-game mark, but both of these starts have been suboptimal, to say the least pretty fun to see one of these two, te- one of these guys, kind of get into it. It was funny yesterday. Uh, I was at the uh, Ree uh event for the new stance that's going to be put up for him, uh, going out into circulation tomorrow. And in Kadri and Evander Kane, two guys who have had pretty rough, rough starts to their seasons, were both in the room. And it was a part of me wondering, like, how are these two people able to like coexist and not beat each other up in this room, considering the animosity between both of these, both of these franchises, but also how both guys desperately need to change their seasons around the better I, i'd be i be you know what i'm kind of rooting for it now you put it in my head and now i'm rooting for someone to to get into it but it also might be too cold for them to really go that far
3: which team would that benefit more
1: i mean maybe the oilers because i'll say this with the flames i mean a lot of people are disappointed and they're very upset with how this team has has, has been you know been going through this point of the year and there are people who had the Edmonton Oilers in their Stanley Cup final matchups to start off like preseason and, and, and training camp. And there are, there are some guys in the locker room who are keeping it even keel. Like I was talking with Darnell Nurse yesterday and he mentioned the fact that it is early. But I, I think for an Oilers team that, you know, they, they have the talent that they have. They have the expectations attached to them. If one fewer win than the Calgary Flames to this point. They need that win. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who's going to be more desperate. Who's going to? That's The more, the more desperate team, in my eyes, is going to come away with the two points. And, look, I mean, there's some desperation with the Flames, too. I, I'm still thinking about Mackenzie Meeker saying that the Blues broke their will in that third period earlier in the week. Yeah, like, that oh is very concerning for me. And, you know, okay, you can't say that the urgency isn't high with this Flames group as well.
0: Um, Julian, we, we saw it. Over a week ago, um, Elliot Friedman, uh, during the intermission on Hiking in Canada, said, you know, things are progressing between Noah Hannafin and the Flames on a contract extension. Funny how that story's kind of like gone away all of a sudden since the team's been losing a lot of
1: games. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the wisest thing to do right now to extend him, and, and and you also have to think of Elias Lindholm as well, who's in need of a new contract. Is it the right move if your team continues to play at the level that they're playing right now, to extend those two players. Look, you've already extended Michael Backlund and I I've, I've heard the arguments already that there is a fan sentimental value to keep him for the next for the next few years, but if this Flames team is not good entering the deadline, you are much better off selling Hanifin. You are much better off selling Lindholm and getting what you can get going forward. You cannot have a look, we've been saying this since the summer. You cannot have a repeat of what happened the last time you had pending UFAs uh, on this team, you need assets for them. But also, it's, it's still a little bit early to, to dictate that, right? But I, I think at this point where Craig Conroy was willing to do the wait-and-see approach in the summer with these guys in terms of their futures, I think for the next little while, Craig Conroy is better off doing that, maybe up until the deadline, really, just to see where they're at. I, I think the fact that talks progress, the fact we're using the word progress, with uh, with Noah Hannafin, is still a 180 considering what was the expectation in the summer. Within wanting to play in the United States, but and I'll, I'll say it's a good thing. Like I know I followed up with his agent as well, and he was saying that hey, like it, it, it's progressing in a sense. We'll see where it goes, but that's still better than what it was in the summer. That being said, I think they better way on this one here. It, it doesn't really make sense to kind of rush to this, especially if Steve doesn't pick it up.
3: We continue to wait for uh, everything that happens with the contract extensions. It's one of the things that I think is going to be fascinating all the way through the back end of the year. Uh, what did you make of Jacob Markstrom's comments before the, the team took off for Edmonton?
1: Uh, that's just Jacob Markstrom being Jacob Markstrom at this point, man. I, I think he's just the guy who's very protective of his of his guys in the locker room and, and just well, wanted to make well, sure that you, know, you, you keep that. Focus. Oh, I don't know if you're going to say something, but like I. Well, I well, so, a, sorry, mark- Julian.
0: Like I, for for our listeners who haven't heard the clip, I think we should play right. the clip, and then maybe you the should. Uh, yeah, uh, Shan, sure. can we hit the clip on uh, the Markstrom thing? Yeah, it's been a little bit of a noisy week. Like, how, how is the the mood
3: behind the scenes? Are you guys panicking? Like, what's what's the environment like? None of your business. <laughs> Work a little bit in the summer, and then come to camp and make the team, and you'll you'll know how it is.
0: Okay, so you were right there during that answer, right? Like, was he serious? Yeah. Was he being a little facetious? Like, what was his mood, his body language like?
1: I think closer to facetious. Like, he did do, like, the little, like, laugh after. But, like, I, look, Jacob Archibald is a tall man who, look, if he's mad, you, you see that when he's mad. I think, you know those, when you say, like, there's a little bit of seriousness in every joke, it's kind of like that for me. And I think with Jacob Bergstrom, considering all the noise that surrounded this team from last year to now, the last thing they need is some reporter being nosy, asking, oh, what's the mood like in there? I think he was just being protective of the moment. I can respect that. I can understand that as much as we would love a quote from that situation. But I, I think for Jacob Bergstrom as well, what's really fascinating is the fact that he continues to make it about the team and, and not trying to make it about himself, especially considering that he's been having a decent start to his year to this point. I, I forget the specific stat, but in terms of goals, I, I, I know George loves analytics. But in terms of Love like saved above expected, but like Jacob Markstrom's been yeah. good on that front, right? And and, and he, he has not been the problem for this team. It's kind of cool. Last year it was, okay, the offense is trying to get itself going, they need help, the defense is solid, but Jacob Markstrom isn't there. Now the defense could be better, but Jacob Markstrom has actually been, uh, he's been good for this team. And I think for this game, nobody on this team deserves a win more than Jacob Markstrom, who I feel has put in the work from the summer to this point to put himself in a position to get this type of win. And if he gets it against the Edmonton Oilers, a team that many people feel t- took his soul from that postseason loss against him a <laughs> couple years ago, that's yeah. going to go along. I think that could go a long way for him. You're
3: a fashionable guy, J-Mac. What did you make of his kit?
1: <laughs> of uh, what, from yesterday? or, or, or The one from, that he's going to be hey, wearing like,
3: here for today.
1: The the gear. Is, okay, so like, I don't know if y'all feel it, but like, I find his pads look too much like bacon strips, and it's very <laughs> distracting for me. Okay, uh, now like, I won't be
0: able to unsee the, that. I'll, Thanks, J-Mac.
1: <laughs> that's literally it. You'll see it just with the way the, the faded out red and beige is. Like it looks like bacon strips essentially to me. The mask looks really cool. It's a it's a good setup over I guess overall, but just the pads for me, I'm not gonna be able to take that out of my head. I've been looking, like ever since they've been showing them off in practice, like I'm just kinda like, okay, he's got bacon strips on his leg. Like I I don't get it.
3: How much has this team missed Rasmus Anderson while he's been away? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean so number one defensive, are number one power power play defensive as well. Uh, I, I, I mean, Noah Hannafin has been serviceable as best as he can, but I mean, I don't know if it's that much of an accident that this team hasn't been playing at its absolute best with, with Rasmus Anderson just kind of sitting there. It, it, it's really unfortunate that he's not going to be able to play in this game. Uh, considering the fact that this team is still adjusting with this new offense, the new power play, that's a guy who really could have used those games to get himself more acclimated with it as well. Uh, So, yeah, I I definitely think this team definitely misses them, especially with their defense core as well. I know they've been able to bring in Ilya Slovyov uh, into the fold here as a result of what's going on. But I I think they would much rather a situation where they have, if you have to go with Hannafin Anderson, that works. If you have to go with Anderson and Weger, that works. But if that's your top-pairing guy, you don't have to worry about that top-pairing.
0: Uh, Julian McKenzie uh, does a great job of covering the flames uh, for the athletic. Uh, Julian, thanks for joining us somewhere in the stadium. All right. Thanks hey, for you're right guys. by the speaker. Thanks, Julian. we got to let you go. Thanks, pal. Bye. All right. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of testing for the old uh, Nickelback. Second intermission. Thank you. Uh, sec- who's at first intermission? Is there? I don't
3: know. It says 20th anniversary video show of some sort, so I don't really know. if oh, There's a show or of the
0: doing. original heritage classic?
3: Yes, something along those lines. Well,
0: I would imagine that it's that.
3: Yeah. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out, see what happens. But a lot of moving and shaking going on. A lot of people with wheelie carts and yep rugs and mats and speakers and cords yep. and yeah a lot of movement. stools i walked past some fireworks earlier oh really they were just sitting on the ground that felt kind of haphazard but
0: okay that's whatever. fine yeah, don't don't so be like so jason pierre paul and, and blow off up. your elbow and your elbow your uh, thumb don't do that no no um we got a busy show here uh we're live at the heritage classic <laughs> right by the ice at commonwealth stadium uh, mark specter does a great job of covering the Oilers uh, for Sportsnet. He'll join us soon, uh, tee up the Oilers side of this matchup. Um, former Calgary Flame legend Curtis Glencross is going to join us around 3-ish.
3: 3-ish. See what time he ambles on down. But he'll be joining us live for sure. He's got the right letters on his credentials.
0: Yeah, much like uh, the franchise does, To Eric Francis yep. uh, will join us here sitting beside us. Uh, by ice level we are at ice level it is the heritage classic 2023 flames and oilers pre-game with pat steinberg gets going at four o'clock and then puck drop uh i don't know when's puck drop like 16 17 after
3: uh maybe 20-ish minutes i think something yeah. like that yeah
0: uh yeah they're really testing stuff <laughs> right now we
3: should probably take a break and yeah see if it wraps yeah. up yeah well Go from
0: there yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna take a break uh it is the big show at the heritage classic brought to you by tuxedo source for sports featuring nickelbacks yep come true uh come see why calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey Twenty five twenty center street north you're listening to sportsnet 590 the fan wrong we're gonna apologize beforehand uh we have no control over what they're testing here because we are literally on the boards ice level
3: Yes, we are. We sure are. It's awfully nice, but with it comes this challenges. Yeah,
0: broadcast challenges. Yes. I would call them. Um, I know our uh, our technical director Shan right now is really enjoying it. How how are you feeling about all of this right now, Shan?
3: There's a lot of noises coming in both my ears here, and uh, yep,
0: I'm figuring it out. I think, but. Julian's phone call was, was a little hard on the ears. Yeah, well, the thing is with Julian's phone call, he was beside some sort of speaker, so it was coming in like twofold, I think.
3: Yeah, I was having a few moments where I just put my hands in the air. I'm like, well, this is, I think this is out of my control. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> um, it's getting loud here. Uh, flames and Oilers here. Once puck drop? like 530 probably. Uh, about 20, I think, is what we're looking at here today. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there'll be a ton of pomp and circumstance uh, before puck drop. Uh, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson will have the call We're we're, we're sitting right now
3: Yes, exactly They're going to be sitting Which is going to be a unique challenge for our broadcast team Because if they're standing They're going to impede a lot of people's visions But they're both standards typically Old Peter Labardius was a sitter when he did the games, But Megan and Derek, both standards So we're going to have to see how they play today, George How they uh, adapt to the elements You know, that's that's a nice little uh,
0: storyline there That you and I will keep an eye on And nobody else will
3: No, no We'll be over there sitting yeah. in one of the corners, mostly yep. watching to see if Derek stands up and if yep. he does, how quickly NHL staff comes over and tells him to sit down.
0: Um, you'll probably see us um, maybe on television. Maddie and I are going to be on a stool in a corner.
3: Yeah, right by that little TNT logo, I think, is where we're going to be yeah. hiding out.
0: That's where you're going to see us potentially where the Flames shoot twice. Yep. So um, that's exciting for us. Yeah, very much so. This,
3: this entire thing is... There's more people showing up. People with briefcases. Looks like they might have brought a game sheet down already. George. Oh,
0: so is Connor McDavid on that thing? I don't think that's. Oh, that's not a game sheet. I can see it from here. Some of the broadcasters have started to make their way over there. Yes, yeah. sir. Oh, is that Craig Simpson? That is Craig Simpson yeah, over there. I see Craig Simpson over there. Um, what are you expecting today, uh, lines wise, for the Calgary Flames? Are you expecting this thing to be a complete and total blender again? Because if the team's playing well, I- I'd imagine we're not going to see uh, the mix of lines like they did in that game against the Blues, which was, I-, I I couldn't keep track of who was playing with whom.
3: No, very quickly into that game, things went in the blender and uh, moved all the way around. Uh, here's what Pat Steinberg had for lines and pairings yesterday here in Edmonton for the skate. Um, like Julie McKenzie told us, Dryden Hunt was on the line with Elias Lindholm and Dylan Dubé. Michael Backlund was with his usual partners, Coleman and Manjapani, Huberto and Caudry together, Huberto on the left, Coronado playing on the right, so you're getting your Huberto Coronado mixed there with Caudry in the middle of it all, Then think Greer, Sharon Govich and Dewar as the forward line with Brzezichka skating as the extra, maybe not totally ready to go just yet as uh, the coach did say that he's day-to-day with his shoulder injury, there's a chance he could play today and they'll make a final call today, but we're not too sure on that yet, The fact that Dryden Hunt is up on a line with Lindholm is really intriguing, I guess, in the sense that that's a great opportunity for a young man who tries quite hard. I like his compete level in the games. And if he's going to go and chase down pucks and corners and win battles for the Flames and and try and set up Lindholm and Dubé for some shots, I think that'll work. I don't know if that's a line that I look to at 5-on-5 and say they're going to be able to create a ton of offense, but sometimes you never know by just kind of throwing things in a blender and seeing how they go. Um, the backland line, certainly one that's going to be interesting. I think the Hubert-Ocadre-Coronado combination might be the one that piques my interest the most, though, George.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Elias Lindholm, a guy who's going to you know potentially you know hit free agency or sign an extension with the Flames, from going from playing with Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk to playing with Dryden Hunt. Um, life com- do it, do life it. comes yeah. at you fast sure in does. the National Hockey League.
3: It does. Um, listen, it's not necessarily the same line mates that Johnny Gaudreau has had in Columbus. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not necessarily optimal. It's one of the things that, you know, you you think back longingly, that line. Man, were they good. But now, Dryden Hunt, Elias Lindholm, Dylan your top line for your Heritage Classic. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um,
0: Is is this the game where Cadre snaps out of it? Is is this
3: the time where we're going to see at least a goal? At least some compete. Wouldn't it be nice if that line worked? Hubert Calgary, and Coronado. Because I think, like we've talked about it on the show a lot over the last little bit, these are players that since arriving to Calgary have not really looked comfortable beside any of their line mates per se. Yeah. Um... And I think that if you put them all together here, that has potential to definitely work. I think Matt Coronado has had a couple of really strong games lately. He got bumped down to the fourth line, was in a little bit of a different role for a couple of games. I really liked him. He got moved to the top power play again. And now we have him here um, with this unit. So I I actually quite like how that one lines up. And if that could work for the group, that would be huge going forward. Um, What have you thought of the penalty kill lately?
0: Because it got off to such an incredibly hot start. Even even in that game against the Rangers, I thought um, it was bad luck, maybe. Well, not that it was bad luck, but a couple of those tips are just unstoppable that the Rangers threw out there. But other than that, like, at least that's kind of been a bright spot for the Flames as a whole, as a season as a whole here. At least the PK's been good.
3: Yeah, it has been good. And a lot of that goes towards the top pair of Lindholm and uh, Backlund when they're out there killing. They do an amazing job. Um, I think Chris Tanev is probably one of the best penalty killers in the league, especially because he plays the right side where a lot of teams like to tee up that one-timer. The Oilers' power play is different. They just like to put Leon Dreisaitl down by the goal line, and he scores from there because he's a different animal. But for the most part, you really like what Chris Tanev can do getting out and, and getting that block. They do an excellent job on the first unit kill. They clear when they get opportunities. I really like how they're... Aggressive in the neutral zone, but not to the extent that they're giving up opportunities and odd man rushes the other way. Um, so I think they do a good job of, you know, not just killing in their own zone, but killing across the neutral zone and a lot more of the ice to really limit what opposition's able to do on the power play. Um, and that's a great way to defend against this Oilers power play is to keep them out of the zone. Um, we're live here uh, right at
0: ice level for the Heritage Classic. Uh, it is the big show at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. Come see why um, Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey at 2520 Center Street North. Uh, Mark Spector recovers the Oilers. I will join us shortly um, to jump on to, to give uh, the, the perspective of, yeah, w- we keep talking about this flame start and – a lot of people like, heading into the season, this is what we talked about. It's all about Calgary start. Uh, is that a team that can potentially fight for a wild card spot, maybe get in that third spot in the division? But expectations a lot higher in Edmonton for the Oilers, a team that has uh, a lot of people picked to, to win the Stanley Cup. Is this McDavid's year? And obviously uh, heading into the season, um, the thing that's kind of staining so far, the Oilers season, the old cupper bust mantra yes. uh, by this team. I feel like, yeah, this is a this is a must win for the Calgary Flames, but I feel like this is even a bigger game for the Oilers right now.
3: Yeah, I think so too, just where they're at. With McDavid coming back too, you have to have that boost to show that, well, he was out, you're not that team. You can flush that, you can move forward. Um, we expect to maybe see something a little bit differently defensively for the Oilers here in this game here today. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to see how these two teams match up because, you know, the Pacific Division is still wide open. Obviously, Vegas is off to an incredible start, and you got uh, L.A., and you've got Vancouver. But overall, um, wonder how this division is going to shake down. Um,
0: Mark Spector uh, covers the Oilers uh, for Sportsnet, uh, and hopefully he can hear us because it's loud here down at ice level. They're testing stuff. Um, Spec, how are you?
2: Doing very well, boys. How's it going down there?
0: Good. Um, it's it's loud right now, but uh, it's a beautiful sunny day at Commonwealth. I've never been here before. The stadium is absolutely ginormous, and uh, we're excited for the game. Uh, we're talking about um, again. It's it's an October game. We haven't even hit the ten, ten game mark, but I feel like this this there's a little more urgency on the Oilers side of things. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, absolutely. This is supposed to be a, a team that challenges to win the Pacific and win the Stanley Cup, and they're 1-5-1, uh, and one. so you bet. You, you define urgency with what's going on in this town hockey-wise right now. Um,
0: how much pressure um, is on the head coach right now? I know it's, only, it's very early into the season, but as you mentioned, uh, we heard all the clips heading into the year, cup or bust.
2: What's the pressure like on Jay Woodcroft right now, Spec? Lots and high. Uh, you know he's the, he's driving the F1 uh, car here that's supposed to win the race or at yeah. least challenge for it and right now he's got it in the ditch so I'm not <laughs> saying it's all his fault by any means like it's this, they're not there because of coaching and I think this whole new defensive system thing has been over has been overplayed uh, they're not losing because of a defensive system in my estimation uh, but you know what when you're the when you're the guy that's that's in charge of of the project and the project is going sideways you bet there's a ton of pressure on you man a whole bunch of pressure
3: yeah and when you say it's not the defensive system i think we're seeing something in calgary it's definitely a talking point something that a lot of people can point to in your eyes what is the reason to the slow start for this oilers team obviously the mcdavid injury is a big one but what else have you seen that's maybe the bigger story to you as far as the slow start
2: uh, you know, it's, I'm not sure. Like, I think when it started at the start of the season, it was a bunch of guys that have, uh, you know, this team's played five playoff series in the last two years. And uh, I think it was a bunch of guys thinking, okay, look, we know how hard it's going to get. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to play that hard right now. We'll play, we'll play as hard as we need to do to, to win and get to the playoffs. And what they found out was, um, you know what? <laughs> There's no... There's no playing at 70% and winning games. They got crushed 8-1 in their first game by Vancouver and then outplayed them the next night and still lost. So all of a sudden, now you go, OK, got to find 100% here. Well, they're having a hard time finding 100%. They're, they've won one game this season. They've been outworked in about four of them. I mean, seriously outworked, losing the battles. Uh, their goaltending's been average. And, and now they love to get, they're giving you a hundred percent every night and they can't figure out how to make it work. Like they're at that point where, you know, you can't, the other night they lost, uh, they got beat by the Rangers three, nothing. It could have been six, nothing. And it wasn't for lack of effort. They were trying. They just, they're not sure how to put it together. Now they're in one of those slumps where, Oh boy, we got to get this thing going quick. And uh, a lot of guys have forgot a lot of things about the hundred games they've won over the last two years that Jay Woodcroft reminded us about yesterday. Uh, they got to figure out how they won those 100 games and try winning one tonight.
0: Mark Spector covers the Oilers uh, for Sportsnet. Joining us here, uh, it's the big show at the Heritage Classic brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It's Sportsnet 960, the fan spec. I know a lot's been made about the, the, the Oilers blue line, the goaltending with Skinner and Campbell, but is this bottom six good enough to go deep in the playoffs?
2: Well, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, they have a a bottom five half the time because they tend to go 11-7, and uh, which I am not a fan of, I'll say to you right now. Uh, Now, with McDavid hurt, it's been sort of a necessity because they're capped out. They can't call anyone up unless they put them on LTIR, and, of course, they didn't do that, nor should they have. So uh, I guess I'll say to you this. The bottom six was the third line when the season opened and no one was hurt was supposed to be a third line of Holloway, McLeod, and Fogel. Three big, uh, two of them younger guys who can all really skate, and they would be a handful. Now, none of them have any scoring prowess. None of them are guys with a resume of scoring 25 for you. So, you know, I think this it was a bit of an experiment, but I'll be honest with you, it's one that I thought had, some, had a chance. You know, and then you look at their fourth line and you say, okay, they're going to put they're going to put Derek Ryan, who's a you know a legitimate NHL fourth line player. They're going to put Adam Ernie. They're going to put Matthias Janmark. Those are fourth line guys. You know, on paper, do I mind that bottom six? You know, sure. I love a line like the fourth line like Vegas has with with Carrier and uh, Kolasar and those guys. But they don't have that, and that's just the way it is. You can't snap your fingers and get it. So uh, when the season started, guys, I didn't mind their bottom six. The minute you get some injuries and you got to start moving things around, now I look at the bottom six and go, boy, oh, boy, it doesn't look like anything they started the season with.
3: What have you made of the last little bit for Evander Kane here? He has the, the scrap when he wasn't playing enough. He has the scrap sticking up for a teammate after uh, in the next game as well. What have you made of the little uh, last little bit here for uh, Evander Kane?
2: Well, he showed up, right? He's like a lot of the veterans his first three or four games. He wasn't very good at all. Maybe five, and then when they needed some guys to start showing up, you know whether you're a, an Evander Keynes fan or not, he showed up. He's been one of their best players the last two games, right? He's he uh, he scored. He has an assist in the last couple of games. Uh, he's had a couple of scraps. He's playing really physical. He's been a leader. You know what? I'll tell, I'll give it to the guy when they needed guys to put their hand up and be leaders around here. He showed up, and he's one of them. So. Uh, I make a lot of the way he's played the last couple of games. I think he's doing what they're paying him to do.
0: How nervous is Euler Nation over the health of Ekholm? Uh,
2: well, it's a good question. You know, you never know, guys. When when a, when a player misses camp and doesn't play a preseason game and comes out of the gate slow, which is Ekholm has been, you say to yourself, okay, like, is he just going to play some games and then get back up to where he's at because he's healthy but he's rusty? Or is he still hurt? Right. And mm. I don't know the answer to it. You know, I don't know the answer to it. I, they don't tell you when a guy's hurt. He's not telling us that he's hurt. And I'm not. It, it, he doesn't look like he's hurt. He looks like he's rusty. So if you're telling me that mm. a couple games are going to pass and he's going to get back to be in Matias Ekholm, nobody's nervous. If you're telling me he's got a nagging injury that's causing this, then everybody's going to be real nervous. Yeah.
0: Um, where, where does he rank on importance of this team? Spec obviously, you know, you have McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, the list goes on and on. But where's where he on guys that need to be playing up to their level for this team to, to go deep into the playoffs?
2: Yeah, well, the trick on this team up here in Edmonton is, I mean, if, we're, if we could over, overlook the first seven games here, there's no fear about how many goals they'll score, right? Offense isn't an issue up here. It's about keeping it out of your net. And their stated goal before the season was to get the goals against them better and improve it and it's been a train wreck in their own zone right they're the i think they're 32nd in goals against in the league they're letting in four and a half a night so that's not working uh ekholm is a huge part of that stated goal however he's a top four legit everyone knows that is a legit top four defenseman you're counting on him to kill penalties to be a shutdown guy to anchor the second pair and yeah he's damn important up here you bet he is if you think you're going to keep enough pucks out of your net to make a Stanley Cup run, Ekholm's going to be a huge part of that. So if they need him to be good. You bet they need him to be good.
3: Has there been a step forward for Evan Bouchard in the same sense?
2: Uh, not yet. You know what? He's been slow, yeah. too. This is, listen, he, he, he's a young defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. He was not very good the first half of last season. Ekholm came along; they played together. He was really good down the stretch and in the playoffs. Bouchard was a good defenseman, both ends of the ring. Now, season starts, he's you know he's back to being good at one end and not so good at the other. So these are young defensemen. You guys watched, you know, the 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 Rasmus Anderson we watched today wasn't that guy in his second and third year, right? It goes up, it goes down. It goes up, it goes down. Well, they try to find consistency. So I have no doubt Bouchard's going to be an excellent defenseman in his time. He's already really good at one end of the rink. But, oh, boy, if he's going to play the minutes they're giving him, he better start getting better at the defensive end of the rink because right now his play back there is killing him.
3: It does sound like there's a lot of kind of internal – accomplishments that can be made to make this team better but when you look at what the parts are and what they can turn into as the year goes on what does this team miss if they need to attack anything via the trade market
2: well when i mean there's two things here when the season started we said okay they better get goaltending out of these two guys they have or you know if you're looking for a goalie at the trade deadline that's that's bad news So I guess I'd say to you, they got to prove they got a goalie and neither guy stepped up yet. Uh, The plan at the start of the season was let's get to the trade deadline with what we have and hopefully we're winning enough games and we're going to make the playoffs here. We're in okay shape. It's not desperation time. And then let's go out and find a a top four defenseman that's on an expiring contract. You know, and they trade you – they might trade your prospect. They'll probably trade a first-round pick. Like, this is it for them. They're trying to win a cup here. So they would try to find a guy in an expiring contract in the blue lines. who we all would say is a top-four D-man. And, you know, that was the plan. Well, now you got to get to the trade deadline and still be in a, in a situation right. where all of these plans still work. Right now the players aren't delivering on their end of that plan.
0: Um, Speck, uh, you just described uh, two guys on the Calgary Flames who can play in the top four and both have expiring deals. Well, even, even Zadorov, if you want to throw him in the uh, sure. in the mix. There's three guys in Calgary who kind of fit that mold, Spec, There's zero chance the Flames are helping the Oilers out at the deadline, right?
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, it's a different world. I guess I'd say this to you. If Calgary, if, if, if Calgary was completely out of the race, and there was no way they were going to make the playoffs. And the guy that they were trading had said, "I'm not coming back." You know, now Craig, Con- I'm not naming names, but if there's one of those guys, if Craig Conroy looks around the league and eminem has got the best offer for him, why would he not right. trade with Edmonton? Right? Yeah. Why would he not? Okay.
0: You're right. It's not the 80s anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> among the uh, among the fan base, spec, who's the most polarizing player on this team?
2: Uh, it would probably be Darnell Nurse because he makes, mm. you know, in everybody's estimation, too much money. You know, he's a seven and a half million dollar or seven million dollar defenseman making nine and a quarter. Uh, and the, beyond that, he's the defenseman that plays the most and against all the best players on all the other teams. As such, he's the guy that gets some goals scored on him because, as I like to say, the other teams try and two. You know, so there's going to be a goal scored (laughs) by Calgary's best player, and they're going to look at Nurse and go, oh, you should have had that guy. But I want to say to you, when McDavid scores a goal, they don't look at the Calgary defenseman and say, oh, the only reason that goal went in was because of the Calgary defenseman. They say, oh, man, McDavid's so awesome. So that's Um, what uh, fan bases do, and I understand it, but Nurse would be that guy for sure. Uh,
0: I know we've kind of touched on the goaltending a little bit, but I wanted to ask you this. How long is the leash on Jack Campbell? Like, how, how much yeah, longer not, do they throw him out there and go, hey, hey man, we need you to make some saves? Like, how long is that lease, Speck?
2: It's not long. Like, he's a $5 million goalie that's supposed to – I mean, he came here, he's supposed to be the number one. Thank goodness for the order's sake that Stuart Skinner has progressed. He was a Calder Trophy candidate last year, you know, which isn't something to sneeze at, right? Um, but now he's a sophomore, and we know what happens to sophomore players some years. So, no – you're not keeping the guy around as a $5 million backup, frankly, beyond this year. If, if he doesn't put his game together, uh, he will definitely be a bio candidate uh, in the summertime, I would say to you.
0: Uh, Mark Spector does a great job of covering the Oilers for Sportsnet. Spec, always a pleasure. Thanks for this, my pal.
2: All right, boys, we'll see you in the press box.
0: All right, sounds good. Uh, there he is, uh, Mark Spector. Um, well,. Um, and you and I are probably going to stay on the ice.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're going to be going up to the press box. But that would be That's. – I'm sure that's a it, fine place to watch the game as well. Warm.
0: Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the really the really weather's warm, nice. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm getting kind of a tan. Yeah. Like, the sun I, is just
3: beating down on us. I, I think it's almost time to take off the scarf. I could take off the toque if my hat wasn't – or my hair wasn't a total disaster. Yeah, right on for sure. Um, we are
0: down here uh, ice level mm-hmm. at the Heritage Classic here in Edmonton. They've uh, been out
3: checking it out, taking a little look-see yeah, here the, and there.
0: Uh, um, the uh, the solar panel um, <laughs> the covering yeah. on the ice a good one to go with. Yeah, is like still that. on the ice. Obviously, they don't want the sun to melt this thing. Uh, the weather is actually gorgeous. Uh, the sky is as clear as clear can be. Without a doubt. The sun is shining here. Mm-hmm. I don't think weather is going to be a factor. You're not going to see the beautiful snowflakes falling, which I think is better for the actual game. Maddie, you don't want the snow all over the ice. I, I think, agree. I, I, think, I, I don't think the weather should be a factor here, and as long as the puck isn't bouncing all over the ice, I, th- I think it should be just fine.
3: Yeah, especially if they don't, the weather starts to die down once the sun goes down. I think this is going to be a nice little setup. Obviously, we have no idea what the ice looks like underneath the uh, solar panels, as you called them, but nevertheless... This is turning out to be a fantastic day yep. for Puck, especially when you think about how cold the Heritage Classic in Calgary was. Like I was really nervous about that. This feels like yep. it is going to be perfect weather for a little hockey, especially the sun starts to go down a little bit. We get yep. a little less light down here. It's going to be really nice. Uh, it is
0: beautiful. Uh, we're at ice level. It is the big show at the Heritage Classic. Coming up in hour two of our little two-hour program, uh, former Calgary Flame Curtis Glencross is going to join us right here on a stool. Yes, sir. Right beside us. And then the franchise, Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Eric Francis, will sitting on a stool too. Yes. He'll he'll join us uh, as well. It is the big show at the Heritage Classic, brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. Come see why Calgarians continue to choose them for all things hockey. 2520 Center Street North. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.